Burlesque Stripped Down, episode number 15. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. I am Velvet Eau Claire, your guide to all of the sassy, saucy secrets of the ladies and gents behind the tassel. Thank you again so much, as always, for pressing play today. I really appreciate it, and I'm really excited to share this interview with you. Um, it is the last week of Authenticity Month here on Burlesque Stripped Down. So we are, you know, all month we've been focused on staying really, really true to yourself, really authentic in your performance, in your life, in your dealings with others. If you missed it, uh, we've had some great interviews over the last few weeks. We had Ruby Jones, and then last week we had two of the Distress Dolls as well. So that was a really, really fun episode. And last week on our hot tips, we talked about uh, vulnerability as well. We talked a little bit about being vulnerable, being confident, and why that's so important to creating an authentic you. This Thursday, we will finish it all up with a very special episode about uh, kind of summing it all up about being authentic in general. And I I call that you do you. All right, so you're definitely going to want to tune in for that. For those of you who are new to Burlesque Stripped Down, remember, as I've kind of teased, on Mondays we do have our interview episodes, and on Thursdays are hot tips, where I talk about, this month I've been talking about authenticity, but I'll talk about all sorts of different things that are important for burlesquers to know about. So without further ado, that's kind of a general um, thing of what to expect and what you may want to go backwards in time and listen to a little bit. But for today, you're going to want to get your high heels on and some high kicks ready because I've got an interview with a very special showgirl. Let's get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a super great treat for you today. I have the one, the only showgirl with legs to write home about. Miss Ariel Helvetica is here today. She has been stamping her unique font all over the Vancouver burlesque scene since her October 2011 stage solo debut. She grew up and was trained to be a serious dancer, and her natural talent and drive took her far into the realm of traditional dance and ballet, performing all over the world as a professional showgirl and high kicker. But of course, it wasn't long before her raw sense of creativity and passion pulled her toward the hot red lights of burlesque, where she finally gave in to temptation, biting the apple of this delightful art form. Ariel, welcome. So nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Go ahead and uh, take a second, say hi to everybody listening and kind of fill in anything that I missed from that uh, general intro. Oh, it's a great intro. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. Um, Just sitting at home with my three-legged cat from in Vancouver. Uh, oh, so thanks for listening. Three-legged cat, huh? All right. Yes. Her name is Small Crumb. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, it's it's great to have you on. Thanks for joining us from Canada. I don't think I've had any Canadians on. I had a Canadian um, who now lives in England, but you're the first joining us from actual Canada itself. Oh, fabulous. So before before I uh, hit record, we were talking a little bit about the weather, and you said it's not quite snowing there, but it, you do have some... Some kind of rainy, dreary winters, yeah, huh? Yeah, it's, it's basically pure rain for the entire winter over here. There's a glimpse of sun today, so it's quite a happy day for our Vancouverites. <laughs> well, I'd love to kind of get right into it, and I, I really want to hear, you know, you have a lot going on, looking at your website and, and all the different, you know, uh, groups that you perform with and everything, and, and classes you teach and all of that. What is one thing that you have going on right now that you're the most excited about? Well... Today, particularly, I'm super excited about about a show that I'm doing tonight, uh, which we have kind of started to make a little tradition in Vancouver, which is the Nightmare Before Nutcracker, and uh, it's just a really fabulous show that combines 
the Nutcracker with Tim Burton movies and like a mix mashup of that. Like it's super awesome. So I get to take my old life of being a ballerina and in the show tonight, I'm a sugar plum fairy. So I like go back to my roots and hurt my toes and do a bit of point work in the show. (laughs) Um, So that's been really awesome. It's our second weekend of doing that show and we're going to bring it back again next year to Vancouver. Um, We've had some really great responses about that. That's fabulous. I love things that are, you know, really unique like that. You know, you can put a, two things that kind of don't go together and put them together anyway. Right? Yeah. And the people that made the show, I mean, they did such a great job. We have a full like live band and like acrobats and contortionists and pop and lock dancers and jugglers and stuff. So it's like a really big mashup. And I just like love the cast so much. I really love being able to do more than one show, which is something, you know, in, in a lot of burlesque shows, you do one and then you kind of move on. But I love having the opportunity to work with these people time and time again, and hopefully next year as well. Yeah, I do miss that a little bit about doing theater shows, because I used to be a, a more theatrical performer and, and doing that and seeing, you know, you, you rehearse together, and then you have these run of shows, you know, where you have multiple and you get to do the same thing. It gets a little old sometimes to do the same thing too much. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> yeah, it, it's cool to like create those bonds with people that you you know especially because not all of them are burlesque performers you know musicians and whatnot so create some new bonds and make some new friends I really love that so I've actually never been to Vancouver how is kind of the burlesque and and bigger art scene there the burlesque scene is thriving in Vancouver as in that there's a lot of performers Um, I kind of feel like in the last year or so it seems like a little bit saturated in the way that we are trying to we we need to like find a, a way to find a to open up our audience if that makes sense um oh, okay. like there's always a lot of shows going on so it's fabulous for performers who you know want to perform often um and there's a lot of performers creating their own work and producing shows um but i'm finding that we need to well i would like to see us venture out and trying to get a different audience like because you know, a lot of burlesquers are our audience members and if mm-hmm. they're always doing shows, they don't want to go to shows. So, yeah, mm-hmm. but we are quite lucky in Vancouver and there's, you know, a, a lot of places you can take classes, um, a lot of really, really talented performers that are super inspiring. Um, so I feel very, very thankful for, for our, our community. I think that that's made me love Vancouver in my six years here, love it even more and it kind of makes me want to stay, so... You make a good point, too, like about, you know, when we ask about the scene, you know, we can talk about the performing scene with the performers and the people taking classes and all of that. But then we can also talk about, you know, the audience scene. And you're right. (laughs) Oftentimes the audience are filled with other performers. Yeah. It's a challenge to kind of get out past that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. There's just been a little bit of a transition where I think that, I mean, there is a lot of art and art scene here in Vancouver, but I don't know, it's not always super well supported necessarily by like audience members, but but then there's these shows that happen that like are such a hit and it attracts like like sellout crowds. So I guess it's just finding that like niche of doing art that people and audience members like that are not necessarily burlesquers, but also I don't know, actually on our topic that we're gonna talk about, um, 
you know, staying true to yourself as a performer and, and sticking to what you love and kind of having that happy medium, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm nodding along with you right now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I imagine it helps too, to kind of, you know, like you said, be authentic and do these kind of mashup shows and art forms that brings people in who might not go to a, you know, quote, burlesque show or something like that, but um, to kind of bring different things in together. Yeah, absolutely. Expanding everybody's horizons, which is something I'm totally down for. At what point do you think you really knew that burlesque was something that you wanted to do? When did you know that it was kind of right for you? And was there a particular moment or a performer that kind of inspired you? Uh, Well, I danced professionally for many years. And then it was in 2009 when I kind of like decided that I didn't have it in me to audition anymore and kind of live in this world of um, not being what other people wanted of me as in, you know, lose 10 pounds and we'll take you for this gig and, um, you know, just be different and fit into this box of what other producers and, and, uh, companies wanted me to do. I kind of just hit a wall with it. So I quit in 2009 dancing. And then I think it was, yeah, two years of, of nothing. I didn't perform or dance. And, and I like, I realized I'm not really exactly sure when but at one point I was like oh my gosh my heart is breaking that I'm not on stage anymore like this is where I've spent my life I've started dancing and performing when I was three years old so I ended up at a burlesque show um, in Vancouver I guess it must have been in about 2011-ish and I was like this seems so awesome this seems like something that's right up my alley is in you know performing creativity on your own terms and as a solo performer you get to decide how you do your performances and what you choose to do and what you choose to bring to the mm-hmm. stage so I don't know it was kind of just an awesome discovery at that time and so I started taking a few classes and it's interesting because for those first two to three years of me taking classes I did like one performance one year two performances the next year and three performances in the third year because I was living in this like kind of world of being a little bit afraid of what other people would think because I knew that some people in my life were not going to be super supportive of me diving into the burlesque community. And then finally, like after just doing some self-exploration and some like kind of like self-discovery work, I, I that was really fabulous. I just said, you know what, bucket, I can live and live my own life and not really worry about what other people think. And then it was just like, boom and since then that's been like two and a bit years I've just been like I don't know doing it as much as possible and I just like feel at home and at home with my fellow performers that that I love and on stage and I don't know like growing up in in a world of dance and theater and costumes and all of that it's like this makes perfect sense for where I am and and I I like couldn't be happier with that whole this whole side of my life so that's great yeah I mean it's really interesting I was actually just talking with um Ruby Jones a couple weeks ago and um she was saying well we were both talking about how it's interesting how our journeys for a lot of us as performers into burlesque take you know a couple different possibilities right some of us like you know, see a burlesque show and immediately fall in love and we go with all of our being and suddenly we're doing five shows a week the next month or, you know, I mean, it it goes very quickly. Yeah. And then some of us, myself included, and it sounds like you as well, had kind of this kind of, you know, slow simmering love affair that kind of came, you know, it came about 
a little bit slower. It sounds like you had a more gradual um, evolving, yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> into it. No, totally. Yeah. It, it took, it took like, I don't know. There, yeah, there was definitely in the beginning, it was like, I love this. I think I want to do this, but I don't know, just like this worry. I don't know. Maybe I think I've grown up so much in the last few years, honestly. Like I just, I'm like, I can do what I want and I feel so confident now in my in my choices and whereas before maybe I didn't um mm-hmm. so yeah yeah and, and that kind of leads me into you know the of course the big topic I want to talk about with you which we've been talking about all month here uh this December which is about authenticity right because that's something you know even for me as a burlesque performer I think a lot of us deal with you know kind of as new performers figuring out how to be authentic with our performance journey, even if we perform before in other art forms or anything, how to stay as an authentic person and how to show who we really are. Because burlesque more than anything else, I think it is a perfect place to be authentic because we don't have, yes, we have producers and we have things like that sometimes, but we don't have, like you were talking about earlier, these directors and um, artistic people telling us, you know, lose 10 pounds to do this. We can really be our authentic selves if we can allow ourselves right. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> the other side of it is if, if we'll, we'll let that happen on our own. Yeah, exactly. So tell me a little bit about your journey and, and how you feel. I mean, kind of an open-ended question uh, regarding authenticity. Uh, how, how do you stay authentic? How did you come to that point? Uh, well, for me, I think I really like to, yeah, stay true to my roots as a performer and showgirl Um, and I really like to kind of carry that to be a part of most of my routines, um, because that's who I am. Like I totally love the most extravagant fancy costumes, even though I can't afford Mm -hmm. them, but I like to pretend that I, you know, that I, that I can, but like (laughs) when I dance professionally, I would be given these costumes that were unbelievable. I remember putting on a hat that was like $3,000 and, I, I was just, I mean, I wish that I could take all of those costumes from that previous life and bring them to me in burlesque, but I, I kind of just always am continuing on that path of staying in my like, yeah, showgirl ballerina route. So most, with most of my performances, you'll, you'll find some sort of element of that, um, in there. And yeah, I, I mean, I have done shows mostly like as a more of a chorus member in burlesque shows with stuff that isn't necessarily like me as in like, I am not really a nerd less performer or I'm, I'm not, I don't even know said not really. I'm not a nerd less performer. I don't really do comedy. So for me, I, yeah, I'm not going to jump into those types of routines like necessarily, especially for solos, just because that doesn't feel authentic sure. to me. I mean, that's a great, a great start, a great thing for people to think about, you know, about being authentic to kind of your past and kind of bringing that in. Um, but I like what, you know, you're saying, you know, just because nerdlesque is like the thing to do these days, right? It's like super popular. Everybody wants to do Star Wars. It's like suddenly cool to be a gay. Hey, I was a geek long before any of that started. So <laughs> I just throw that out there. Um, I'm like a hipster geek. But just because that is currently how it is and that's what's in vogue, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't stay authentic to yourself and keep with what you do. But you said that you've been in the background for those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually this year I did a 12, 12 night, uh, thing in a Star Wars show. And I was, I was mostly just like a, a cast member and my butt was actually the death star. But (laughs) that is hilarious. (laughs) what's funny about that is like, 
like like we were saying before, I love doing those group performances, and that cast was so fabulous um, to work with, and we had so much fun. But Nerdlesque is not necessarily my jam, but for me to be in a show and perform it, I mean, that's super great also, but I'm not going to go and make a whole Star Wars routine just because sure. Star Wars is, is popular at this time. But I, I totally love being in those group scenarios where it's like, hey, here's, you know, come up with this kind of simple costume that you can be in the show with us. And that that was super fun. But I was blatantly honest that I have never seen Star Wars, if you can believe it. <laughs> well, you should. Yeah. I will tell you that. You should see yeah, it. But um, although it is hard when I try to introduce it to my, you know, adult friends, because of course, I grew up with it. So for yeah. me, you know, but adults, you know, it isn't always the biggest hit for a grown-up seeing it for the first I time. Did, I, will, I, did, I will admit that. I watched the <laughs> the New Hope one. We did watch that while we were crafting part of our costume. So well, that, that's good. At least you had some inspiration. Yeah, that one's uh, still, I mean, it's classic. It's one of, you know, probably the, I don't know if it's the best one, but it's one of my, it's probably my favorite. Okay, perfect. <laughs> anyway, getting off topic there. What I wanted to say was that I, I love that you, you you really do stay authentic where, you know, you're not going to jump on the bandwagon, but at the same time, you're you're willing to kind of be involved in these things, you know, this, this artistic vision and kind of bring your own, I, I imagine, I didn't see it, obviously, but I imagine you brought your own style, your can-can and your, you know, showgirl-ness to the show and added a new element to it that wouldn't have been there without you. Totally. And yeah. I, I did I did love that um, that I that I had the opportunity to do that and I would definitely like dive into that kind of stuff going forward and it's also you know I, I still completely stayed authentic to how I am as a performer but it was a little bit of a nice challenge for me because it's not something I would normally choose to do on my own so that that I really love I love you know challenging myself as as in different ways of performing so that's cool. Well, yeah, because authenticity can be a bit of a challenge. It can be a bit of a double-edged sword, right? Because you don't want to be so set in who you are that you're not willing to try new things. Be like, well, that's not authentic to my inner self. I don't want to do that, you know? Yeah. But you also don't want to do things that aren't authentic to you. So it's it's kind of, it's finding that balance, right, between those two. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, you know, the I'm working on a really, I think will be fabulous number for 2016. And I mean, like, I hope that you one day will get to see it because it's so, it's literally so me and everything that I love all in one routine. I'm like so stoked about it. So that, and I find when you're doing, like, even just talking about it, I'm like super jazzed up about it because it's so me and it feels so true to me. So to be able to put all of that and me in that way on stage, I mean, that's just going to make it hopefully so much better because I'm so passionate about about the whole thing wow Uh, that that's really exciting yeah I'm I'm like over the moon excited about it so just very cool hopefully I can get it ready for the deadlines that I have coming up so (laughs) yeah that'd be it'd be great to find out more about that and that's actually a great segue to to the next thing I wanted to talk about which is um your acts themselves and finding kind of inspiration I mean you've been a dancer for a long time did you I mean, I was never a traditional dancer, so I don't know how that world works. Was there choreographing as well back then? I mean, like, were you choreographing yourself or did you mostly just like learn routines that others did? Yeah, that it's been an interesting thing because growing up, I always was handed the choreography and handed mm-hmm. the costumes. Like um, every show that I danced on cruise ships for many years um, and and even before that, 
uh, in other jobs that I've done, like you, you get given all of that stuff. So it's been mm-hmm. interesting doing burlesque where it's now all my, mine and my own choice. I actually yeah. find that I, I don't really feel that solid or I guess I, maybe I'm getting better, but that's strong in my choreography because I've spent so many years. Yes, I can do the moves, but I, I, I have never really choreographed prior to burlesque. Um, and I know that's so different for many dancers, many dancers, you know, growing up love the choreography side of things. So they'll be choreographing their own solos and routines throughout their professional careers where I I was not at all like that. So yeah, that's, that's been an interesting thing for me in these past four ish years, four and a bit. So when you want to create a new act, maybe this particular act that you're talking about, or just in general, where do you usually find inspiration? And do you have like a typical like method that you go through when you're creating these acts? I think that each act is a little bit different for me. Well, you know, I would say art is a big thing for me. Like seeing a picture of something has been how I created the last couple acts that I really love. Um... Yeah, just seeing a, like the one picture, I think it's of a old Parisian, uh, the Foley's show. Um, one of the pictures, I have it on my wall, so I stare at it every day. Um, and I'm like, I've just always wanted the a version of that costume. So that was part of the inspiration. Um, generally, I'm really terrible with music. So music is something that comes last, like this act that I'm talking about, that I'm super excited about, I actually don't have the music finished. Or, oh, that's interesting. For it. Yeah, it's like the last thing. And I like, hate choosing music. So I actually work with um, a DJ friend of mine who, I don't know, we kind of have been going back and forth. I'm like, this is the songs that I think should be good. And maybe you can help me edit them and make this be awesome. Um, but music is really one of my last parts. Um, okay. yeah. yeah. And for this, this, the, the most recent act, I actually, the, the starting point was actually from Indigo Blue, um, who I admire and adore so very much. Um, she was here in Vancouver for our Vancouver burlesque festival and she just kind of like cornered me and was like, you, you need to do an act that's all about your legs. And, <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, I like this idea. And so I kind of just started thinking about that and what that could be. And I don't know, just like playing up on my strengths and the fact that I do have kind of long legs. Um, and that kind of rolled into what, what it is that I've created now that doesn't have a song. So <laughs> that's, very, oh, that's really cool. And that's, that's one reason I like to kind of ask this and find out more about what people do. And I imagine you have like, uh, like an idea of the type of music, right? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. tempo and things like that, but it's just finding the right one. Yeah, I have like the the kind of the baseline of, of what I, I want. I, I just, I mean, I'm trying to find something that's not super obvious for this, for the routine that's a little bit more unique that people would be like, oh, I never would have thought that she'd be doing that to this type of music. Um, but as it turns out, we're kind of sticking to the more traditional side of it with a couple like fancy little edits of other other styles into it to make it unique because for me as a performer and as an audience member I quite like having like or watching a dynamic like music wise performance as in it's not just like a canned song that everybody does it's you know 
a little like at least a combination of a couple different songs and something that you wouldn't expect. I think that really um, provides a nice element to to any performance. And as far as like the movements and the dancing, when you're performing, do you typically have like every little move choreographed down to the T or do you get like to give yourself a little bit more improvisation leeway? I really am a freestyle performer most of the time, especially in the beginning with a routine. I find, yeah, I'm a little bit more all over the place, but then there's acts that I have that I've been doing for two years now that that I've done them so much that they become choreographed. You know, there's mm-hmm. always these moments of, yeah, this doesn't need to happen right at this time, but then there's other elements that happen like according to certain times of the music. So I guess a bit of both. Well, continue on kind of talking about authenticity. I really like to get really deep, as deep as possible with uh, with these interviews. I want to know, because we want to get to know the real person, right? Not just the, you know, the very, I mean, you are very beautiful. You have these beautiful photos, all of that. But I want to know some real stuff. What has been maybe the worst moment so far of your either burlesque journey or your performance journey in general? Have you had any just moments that really just gutted you internally and, and brought you down to a low at all? You know what? I When I read this question earlier, I I had a hard time coming up with anything. I, I think mm-hmm. I've had a lot more of these like really low moments in my professional dance life than I have in my burlesque career. Like everything, I don't know, I've, everything has been quite positive for me in, in generally, generally what's happened to me in burlesque. So like the only thing that really came to mind was, uh, I don't know, one time another performer didn't want to book me for like a relatively simple gig just because she thought that I wasn't skilled enough. And, you know, that's never anything good to read or hear. Um, and it's just like, you know, doing an audition and not getting the audition. So that felt kind of crappy. But then I realized, hey, life is fine. There are other gigs I can do. And it's no big deal if one person has an opinion about about me that they just don't like. So although at the time it was like, oh, this sucks. I feel I feel so bummed. But yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's and that's a perfect example. I mean, I know for a lot of us when I ask that question, I've, it's been great because most of the responses have been, I don't really have any, which is awesome. But I think burlesque is overall a very positive, um, uh, you know, industry that we have, that we're all in, but you know, moments like that, I mean, that, that's a, that's a perfect example. It, it can really be a low like that. Even if, even though your head knows that there's other shows, everything like that, but it can, it can kind of sink you down a little bit. So were you able to get yourself out of it pretty quickly or was that something you kind of stuck with for a while? Um, I think that, I mean, I, I looked at like, the physical data of what was actually going on and and just kind of thought about it in a very like like black and white way um and it kind of I realized like there's no need to be be upset about this one little thing and you know if I just keep doing me there'll be somebody that hopefully wants wants me so that you know it didn't it didn't really last that long I would say that's good. That's good that you were able to kind of bring yourself out of it. I mean, I know a lot of these worst moments, they're not going to be like, quote, horrible in the sense of, you know, in the bigger picture as far as what's going on with our lives and, and in the world in general. But, you know, those moments can, you know, if, if for those of us who have people that have a lot of them, it can kind of get to you after a while. Uh, yeah, add absolutely. Up, so. And I feel I feel like lucky that that's that, like when I yeah, when I think about my entire like burlesque career and like if that's the worst thing that's happened I I think that I'm very thankful that that's that's all I have to say (laughs) absolutely that is true that's a good point right 
So let's flip the tables a little bit. How about the very best moment so far? Um, I think, well, it's kind of a combination of parts. We, I went to the Burlesque Hall of Fame this year to just go for the first time and watch my friends perform, which was the best experience and so much fun. At the burlesque, at the B- at Beehoff, I found out that I got in to compete um, for the New Orleans Burlesque Festival for the Queen competition. And I remember feeling like super antsy that weekend because I had heard that other people found out that they got in or that they didn't get in. And I was like, why have I not gotten my email? Like, I really want this. Um, and so the whole weekend basically went by and people were hearing on Saturday and people were hearing on Sunday. And then on the Monday, we went to this like really fun pool party with the people that I admire the most in the burlesque community were all there hanging out in the pool, just like having a delightful time. And I was like, where the hell am I? This is like just the best time ever. And then on the way home and back to the hotel at that very moment, you know, after just having this like fabulous day, I finally got the email that I, that I had gotten in to compete and I was uh, over the moon and just super excited um, when I found out. Um, it was just like the perfect end to a fabulous five days in Vegas. So the other side of that is actually being in New Orleans and competing, which is something that I've, the year before when I went and, and uh, performed at a different show for the festival, I watched the Queen competition and I was like, I want to do this one day. Um, you know, and then one year later I made it happen. And so performing and being on that stage, I had so much fun and the other performers were super lovely and it was just like a, a great evening and experience and yeah. Well, I know you are, you know, a showgirl, classic showgirl, a uh, can-can dancer. Do you find that um, there's any big misconceptions about you kind of in the burlesque industry or um, in a bigger picture? I don't really know that much about what other people think about me or what. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't really think that there's this whole like, oh, Ariel Helvetica is such a anything. I hope, I really hope not. Um, but I think I've experienced more recently, probably just coming back from my my five weeks in Europe, that a lot of people think that I'm a full-time performer um, and were shocked to hear that I actually have a day job. Um, I have like a full-time Monday to Friday day job. Um, So that would probably be the one thing that comes to mind um, because I am doing a lot of shows and performing often and teaching. And I don't know, I'm kind of a like say yes to almost everything type of person because I love to be busy and I'm single and live with my cat. So I love filling my life with the thing that I love to do the most. So uh, I perform as much as possible. And, you know, I'd love to continue to do some festivals and apply, you know, as much as I can money related, but I do have a full sure. a full time job. Um, and I am not a full time performer. Although maybe one day if I could get to that level, that's a possibility. Is that that your, that kind of your goal, your end? I don't know. Like, I think that there's a part of me that would love that. But then I also, I feel like I'm getting old and I don't know if I'm ready for that hustle anymore. I I feel like I kind of did that at some point in my life. Um, So I, you know, I like to be able to pay my bills and whatnot. Not to say that, that if you were a full-time performer, you couldn't, but I just, I think the hustle would have to be like stepped up so much more. I do want to perform more and as much as possible. So if I could come to that point in the crossroads of like, okay, this is actually more of a legit thing. 
um, and I'm, you know, making enough money that it could be possible, then, then I would cross that bridge when I come to it, I guess. And Mm -hmm. I also want to teach more. So I, I think I could make it happen. I have a vision, I think, of being able to perform a lot and all the time and running my own business as well. Um, I just haven't ever really nailed, nailed down or mapped out what that business will be. Like, I just yeah. would love to be able to work from home and do whatever it may be. But what that may be part is, I just don't know yet. You know, that's something as well we've been kind of been talking about with Authenticity Month is finding that, that, that sweet spot of, you know, like for me, even starting this podcast, you know, I mean, this is something that like isn't maybe typically like burlesque. I'm not out there performing when I'm doing this, but it's really authentic for me because I love listening to podcasts. I love talking to people. I love all of these things. So when I had kind of that idea, that plan, it just really hit. You know, yeah. so I think that's for a lot of performers is, uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about defining your own success on the podcast and, and figuring out exactly what it is that you want, you know, mm-hmm. not you personally, but <laughs> anyone. Yeah, that's all. Awesome. You know, it may it may not be just the same, you know, just performing five nights a week. You know, like you said, that hustle can get exhausting after a while. Some people thrive on it. Some people want to kind of define their own way, whether it's becoming a teacher or a producer or whatever that um, a podcaster, whatever. that yeah, is. Yeah, Absolutely. One thing I've also been kind of chatting with some of the other um, performers that we've had on the show about is kind of keeping their world separate. Do you find that's a challenge for you? Do you keep your kind of regular, quote, job separate from your burlesque career or do those kind of intermingle? Um, I I try and keep it separate, but um, the the job that I have in the day is really awesome and supportive. Um, so it's nice because I have that flexibility. So they all know about it and everybody in my work uh, like I just work with one guy in my office, so everyone in my work building, um, they all know about it, and it's awesome because we were um, out of town uh, for work, and I actually got in for a burlesque festival um, in another city in Canada, and all of my work kind of like friends and colleagues came to the show, and it was just amazing. So oh, cool. that's that's really fabulous. I kind of I like to keep it as separate as possible with my family. Uh, that's been a little bit interesting, but, uh, so that stays separate, but all of my friends and yeah, people that I work with are all kind of know both sides and it's great. All right. So this very next section I like to call pick your poison. And what I have are eight different questions, secret questions that I have laid out here. And I would like you, you don't have to answer all eight. I'd like you to just pick a number one through eight. And I will ask you just to get to know you, uh, the real Ariel a little bit better. Oh, sure. Uh, let's go with number three. Number three, what is your favorite 90s jam? Oh my gosh, hilarious, because my <laughs> Tuesday dropping classes, I listen to 90s music. And um, okay, so this is going to be tough, and I'm going to laugh my pants off if my some of my students are listening that hear all of my 90s music all the time. But <laughs> um, this will probably, the first thing that comes to mind is the Tootsie Roll song. Let me see that Tootsie Roll. I don't, yeah, that's yeah. like, I don't know. It's so good when you're doing squats and, and all of that stuff in my class. So Tootsie Roll is a good one. Great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And what style class is it? Is it just like a, you know, like an exercise class? Like Zoom, I mean, not Zumba, but like. It's kind of a like, a, like it's a dancer boot camp ish, but you totally don't have to be a dancer. It's called Sculpt and Sizzle. So I do like a lot of squats and planks and ab work and dance and stretch in between kind of thing. 
Sounds tough, but I feel like it would all be made better with good 90s Oh, yeah. It's, it, we, we have a good time, but my goal is that you're sore the next day and then day after that. So if, if you're not sore two days after, my job has not been well done. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Well, maybe if I ever get to Vancouver, I'll brave it yes, and try yes, it out. Totally. <laughs> all right. Next up, we do a little section called This or That where I have just two different options and you just, you kind of a quick fire type thing. So you just answer whichever one appeals to you the most. Okay. And I always say, keep in mind, you can interpret these in whatever way you like. Some of them are straightforward. Some of them could be interpreted in different ways. So take it however you want to. Alrighty. All right. I know I'm making nervous when I say that. But... <laughs> All right. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Day or night? Night. City or country? City. Top or bottom? Top. Mountains or ocean? Uh, oh, gosh. I live with both. That's so hard. I'll take the ocean. Classic or neo-burlesque? Class. Ooh, that's a toughie, too, because I do a bit of both. Classic, I'll just say. Comedy or tragedy? Comedy. Superman or Batman? I don't really have a preference, but I will say, <laughs> I I will say Superman. <laughs> All right. Very good. Wine or beer? Wine and beer, but I'll pick wine first. Sleep or sex? Oh, I really love sleep so much. I like both, but uh, I'm going to say sleep and, na it's a tough and one. naps. Oh, naps are great. As you can see, yeah. I live at home with my cat, so. <laughs> I love naps. There's nothing wrong. With it. It's funny how when we're kids, we hate naps, but now I we like. I love naps. Love napping. Heels or bare feet? Heels, absolutely, 100%. Always. I saw you do a class on, on being comfortable in heels, right? Yes, yeah. That's another one I'll take if I ever come to Vancouver yeah. because there are certain heels I just have. I can wear them for about an hour and then I'm good. Yes, so. I love heels. And lastly, Vancouver or Paris? Oh, that's so hard. I love Paris so much. Um, I... I don't know. I love I love both, but because I'm here and I have so much going on, I will say Vancouver. <laughs> Understandable. You gotta be, you gotta be you know, true to your home city. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or your new home. Cool. Well, I'm hoping to catch you next time you're in Paris too, because yes. I know we missed each other last time. I would love that. All right. Well, as we as we start to wrap up here, I always like to ask because the internet can be a vast place. It can be really hard to find stuff, and I feel like the burlesque community, in a way, is kind of scattered uh, worldwide. So how do you typically stay current on burlesque news and people and things like that? I have to sadly, or maybe not so sadly, say Facebook. I feel like that's currently the best tool that's working for me for seeing all my friends around the world and staying up to date with what's happening because I feel like the minute something happens, it's posted on someone's Facebook and then someone shares sure. it and it's like all right there. Facebook would probably be the first one and then I, don't, I really like the 21st Century Burlesque um, website. There's always good articles there and kind of staying up to date on, on a lot of those items. It's good there as well. Very cool. Do you have any particular, uh, are you just kind of friends with people on Facebook or do you have any communities that you stay a part of? Um, I, I have my Facebook page and a profile, um, but I, I think I like I'm par a part of a lot of the main groups that most people are a part of, like World 
burlesque things. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what they're called. I just see the, the posts happen on Facebook. But it is nice. The groups are a nice thing that they've done on Facebook. I've done a little research in like Facebook marketing and stuff. And the groups are nice because they actually come up in the newsfeed. The pages just rarely come up anymore. They have all these algorithms and stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But posts and groups are nice because they're a part of it which is great. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, as well as the internet being a big place, YouTube is also a big place. And I'm always looking for new videos to kind of watch and and get inspired by. So do you you have any uh, YouTube or other videos that we should uh, kind of check out either of yourself or that that inspire you otherwise? otherwise? I just saw a video the other day and it's totally not burlesque, but it's just beautiful. Um, It's on Vimeo. And the title is called Life is a Dance. And it was posted, I guess, like a few weeks ago. Um, and it's this these like breakdance pop and lock group that is from I think maybe they're from Germany and it's the video is so spectacular like you have to go check it out I feel like I almost cried because they're like doing oh. these epic dance moves all over Europe and it it like the the cinematography is just next level and the dancers are so good and the the like narrator in the movie or the video talks about I don't know, just like how you're born to move and dance. And I don't know, I just really resonate with that. So it's really awesome. Um, Fabulous. Yeah. That's amazing. It's called Life is a Dance. I think that on Vimeo, it should be somewhere, somewhere searchable. Well, no worries to to anybody listening. What we'll have up um, as usual in the show notes page for this episode, I will go ahead and link that right up for you. So you'll have an easy way to find that. Just go to burlesquestripdown.com slash Ariel. And you'll be able to find that along with anything else that we mentioned, um, you know, some kind of links, of course, to her website, to her classes and things like that. And speaking of that, before we say goodbye, let us know, um, Ariel, how can we keep up with and get in contact with you? Uh, Yeah, that would be great. I would love to hear from anybody. I have a website, which is www.arielhelvetica.com. And it's Ariel spelled like the mermaid, not like the font. Ah, true. Good call Uh, on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I have a Facebook profile and a Facebook page, um, and you can get me through any of those means. My email is also on my website, so and Instagram, Twitter, or all of those things. Basically, everywhere you can find me. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't know why I ask that question anymore. It's just like, well, just search on all the social media. Yeah. they're good. <laughs> I'm out there. Very cool. Well, Ariel, it's been awesome chatting with you today. I'm I'm really glad to kind of you know we've been we've been communicating for a while. It's really great to put a voice with the name. Cool. Yeah, it was super nice to virtually meet you as well. Thanks for listening and thanks for letting me chat. And thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate. It. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thanks. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Ariel Helvetica, the showgirl with legs to write home about. Such a pleasure chatting with her. Once again, if you would like to find any links. Um, to anything that we talked about in today's episode, you can go to burlesquestripteddown.com slash Ariel, and that's A-R-I-E-L, like the mermaid, not like the font. Thanks again for pressing play. As I said, you're going to want to tune in on Thursday for a very special episode, kind of wrapping up Authenticity Month, also wrapping up 2015. Isn't it crazy? It's almost over. And then I'll be seeing you again next week for 2016. In the meantime, please do share with your friends, as always. If you're liking what you're hearing, just, you know, tell somebody about it. And send me any email love. I love to hear it, especially right now around the holidays. It just makes my heart a little warmer. That's velvet at burlesquestripteddown.com. Thank you all, and as always, remember to stay authentic and stay sexy. Stay sexy.